beautiful testimony podcast listeners. Welcome back. And if you're new here, my name is Lyndon and I'm an integrative health practitioner. I'm all about reconnecting the mind, body, and spirit. So if you look back at any of my podcasts, you'll probably see a big mixture of things like grief and then at the same time, things like gut health. And that is just my approach and my prerogative because I think and believe that everything is connected and really I'm just passionate about the body being the temple and in scripture it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and so when we reconnect back to God's design I really believe that we can experience true health so thank you for being here and like you guys probably saw I have Alyssa on and her Instagram handle is biohacking bombshell. She has so much good content. It's crazy. I mean, I've learned so much from her. It's not even funny. I actually started following her at the beginning of my health journey and she was one of the people that have really helped me learn so much and has just been such a pivotal person in my health journey and so I'm really excited and humbled and grateful to have her on today. I felt like I could pinch myself because I was like oh my gosh you have no idea how much you've helped me and how much I'm sure she's helped other people and hopefully after you listen to this episode how much she'll help you. So we dive into parasites today and I'm not going to take too much longer but I did want to go over just some symptoms of parasites because I know for a lot of people and me included in the beginning of my journey I just thought that if you got a parasite, it was because you went to Mexico or you went to some foreign country or something like that. But what I then found out later on was that you can get parasites really from anywhere. I mean, on your fruits and vegetables, you can get parasites from your drinking water, especially if it's tap water. You can get them from other people. You can get them from touching things and then touching your mouth. I mean, there's just kind of a lot of places where you can pick up a parasite. And so not to scare you, because something that Alyssa will talk about later in this episode is that if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. And the beautiful thing about our bodies and the way God's created them is that when we take care of them, when we're doing the foundations, we're getting in the sunlight, we're drinking clean, filtered water, we're eating whole foods, we're taking care of ourselves supplementally with just herbals that are helpful for our body and supportive for our bodies. And we are in community, we're taking care of our emotional health. When we prioritize these foundations, we we help our bodies become more resilient. So the goal is not that we would never have a parasite. It's more so how can we raise our body's resiliency so that our bodies can do what it does best and keep us protected, keep us healthy, keep us vibrant. And honestly, the beautiful part is that when you are doing some kind of protocol or when you're working on your health, really what's going on is you're infiltrating your body with supportive things that it needs to just help it do what it does best, which is heal. And so no fear in this place it's more so just a part of life and the beautiful part is we get to learn right now and go from there so if you're someone who's like i don't know if i have parasites but i'm i have speculations maybe you're dealing with allergies anger or rage brain fog really bad body odor congestion insomnia teeth grinding at night or even just having night sweats Stuffy nose, blood sugar issues, heart palpitations, skin issues, headaches, irritability, any GI symptoms really, um, acid reflex, always hunger, never full, 
constipation, diarrhea, or just IBS in general, iron deficiency or anemia because parasites eat iron. So these are some of the symptoms that you might be experiencing if you have some parasitic overgrowth. And then I also just wanted to give some whole food options for just really creating an atmosphere of preventative health where you're just consuming things on the regular that can help continue to create an environment within you that is not conductive for parasites to overgrow. So pumpkin seeds, oregano oil, I wouldn't say oregano oil is something that you should take long term. That's a pretty potent herb, but I mean just the herb oregano in general is great. Clove, black walnut, grapefruit seed extract, ground papaya seeds, garlic and onion, wormwood, olive leaf extract, and my beloved reishi mushroom. So my story with parasites is that when I started taking king coffee, which you guys have probably heard me talk about, and if you haven't, then stay tuned for the next episode because I have Emily Morrow on and she's going to talk all things reishi mushroom, but Anyway, I was taking reishi mushroom, specifically king coffee, high dose reishi mushroom, and I had saw on the internet another girl who's also taking it saying that it was anti-parasitic and she was showing her parasite journey with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I passing parasites? What's going on? I was struggling with acne. I had teeth grinding and I really had bad jaw clenching at night, TMJ, and so I kind of just started looking out for, you know, if I was passing parasites. Well, lo and behold, you guys, all I was doing was taking king coffee. That was it. That was the only thing that I was doing to pass parasites. It's the only thing I've ever done to intentionally pass parasites. And I personally think it's a great approach because it works with your body, not against your body. And sometimes parasite cleanses can be way too harsh. People are doing them all the time right now and if you're going to really deep dive into a protocol like that, it is best to work with a practitioner. But if you're someone who's like, I just want to do what I can do now, then man, get some King Coffee and just see what happens. But I passed so many parasites. The biggest one I passed was 19 inches. (laughs) And I really knew the difference after I passed these parasites because I swear it was a part of my skin issues. Uh, the acne that I was experiencing, and also my TMJ went away. So those were the two things that I really noticed. I'm sure there was a ton of others, but I would say for those, I was really impressed with, wow, okay, parasites are a thing. I'm a believer. Sorry that I doubted you, but so I have that in my show notes if you're interested in checking out King Coffee, but Going into this episode, if you will, just drop a rating or review for my podcast. It would be so, so helpful in just moving this mission and message forward about God's design for health. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and learn so much. Awesome. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for being on with me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to dive into the world of parasites today with your audience. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to. It's so fun because when I first started like passing parasites and diving into this world, it was so weird for me because I'm sure like so many people, there is just like this stigma that parasites are only in foreign countries and that's just not true. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you first started in just like health and wellness and then where this parasite piece came up for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, my dad got diagnosed with cancer early on in my childhood. So I was eight when he got diagnosed, and that was my first exposure to um, what could rock your world, you know, in your health. He was 32 or 33 at that time. So clearly super young when he got diagnosed with lymphoma. And so that was a huge eye opener to me very early on that I just wanted to get more intrigued about health and what we could do to try and prevent something like that from happening. Because from my understanding, my dad worked out. It seems like he ate pretty decently. I learned down the road that wasn't necessarily like the best as far as like a gallon of milk and pop tarts after a workout, not necessarily what we would classify as healthy, but like you don't know what you don't know until something like that rocks your world. And a lot of times it's with a family member. And so for me, it was very eye opening. So that was like my first exposure to really wanting to better understand what we now talk about more root cause medicine. Right. But my own health journey I'd had gut issues growing up. It was kind of normalized, like, oh, you just have lactose intolerance or IBS or things like that. And it wasn't until I was in college and then um, I ended up going through what you would call, you know, adrenal fatigue or adrenal um, HPA access maladaptation and then breast implant illness after getting implants um, and then just horrible chronic fatigue, brain fog, Lyme disease, and after I went years and years with the conventional medicine route, because that was all that I knew, and I wasn't getting better, I started to dive deeper. And so parasites became something several years ago that I started to dive deeper into, because I'll be honest with you, I was five years old, and I knew what parasites were because we were doing stool tests for them, but nothing would come back positive. And so decades later, I realized how flawed those tests are. And so I'm really passionate about sharing about this because you have so many people, whether it be gut issues like I had with, um, you know, IBS and food sensitivities, lactose intolerance, et cetera, then manifesting with chronic fatigue and brain fog and a host of issues. So many people don't realize the, the, the amount of symptoms that can be correlated with parasites. It's just so under talked about, like you said. And so that just became a huge part of my journey along the way where even a lot of functional medicine specialists were not talking about it. So I like to shot it from the rooftops. Well, good. Praise God, because we need it. I mean, I look back and I think about you being one of the first people that I ever followed when I started getting into alternative medicine. And I was like, thank God for people like her, because I would have never known about this had you not been posting about it. So I'm so grateful and just thankful for you and just taking the route you did with you know, after all of these things happened in your family and with your own health, being able to like pave the way for others. So when it comes to parasite myths, I mean, kind of we already talked about one being like the foreign countries situation. Are there any others or like how can you kind of just bust those? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we get countless questions like on Instagram, they're pouring in every day and in the comments. And whenever I post about parasites, you have people come in who you can tell this is the first time that they've ever been exposed to this type of information. And you start to see the types of um, misconceptions or misunderstandings when it comes to parasites. And so um, foreign countries feeling like you have to go either um, on a mission trip or to Mexico, you know, whatever it may be, people think that you have to leave the country. And so it's always fun to have those conversations because I'm like, do you think that people go to these countries and don't come back? First of all, they go and visit, bring right. them back and it spreads apart. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, we have foods that shipped from these other countries. And so, um, you know, some people think that 
parasites are just, and this is, this is my preference. This is, this is what I still view as like a quote unquote myth. And I could battle, I was literally just battling back and forth with someone on Instagram um, this morning about it. But some people will say, well, they're just part of our ecosystem. It doesn't matter. They're there for a reason. Let them be there. And you can say the same thing about candida overgrowth, uh, you know, yeast overgrowth, H. pylori. You could say the same thing about a lot of different things in our system, but it doesn't mean we should just let them there. So I think that's another myth is that, oh, they're there for a reason. Just let them be. They may be there for a reason, the same way where mold is there to, uh, you know, and bacteria are there to break down sugars and this and that. It doesn't mean we want to leave them there. It doesn't mean we don't want to do anything about it. So we still should take action on that. So I believe that's absolutely a myth is to just like, hey, they're just part of our world. Let them go type of thing. Um, Another one would be that when it comes to addressing parasites, that medications are the only way to do it. So someone may think that they have to do ivermectin um, or praziquantel or, you know, albendazole or something like that, and that herbals don't work. And they absolutely do, uh, right? You don't have to test positive for a parasite on a test in order to know you have parasites. That's another myth. So those would probably be some of the top ones is the products that you need to use to address them, um, that the commonality that they are here, and then even just feeling like you need some type of test to confirm if you have it. You probably heard me say exactly what Dr. Todd Watts says. If you have a pulse, you have a parasite. So it's important to keep in mind that we clean our animals of these every year, you know, humans are the same way. We are mammals. We should absolutely be taking the same precautions with ourselves. That's good. That's so good. So you said, I mean, if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. So I'm sure people listening are probably freaking out thinking, oh my gosh, I have parasites. So what for those people? I mean, you know, if everybody has parasites, then where does it go wrong in a sense where it's like, okay, things need to be addressed. We need to deal with this because I'm sure you can't just go on this killing spree and just kill off every single one. You know what I mean? So like, how does it, how does it start to create, when does it create problems? Yeah, absolutely. So I wish there was a definitive, like, here's when it creates problems and here's where you just let them go. But for me, I really do truly believe in doing what a lot of other cultures out there already do. And again, what we do with our animals is that at least once a year, I do believe that people should be going through at least like a 7, 14, 21 day, ideally, you know, four to eight weeks for me every single year where you're going through and you are addressing parasites. And the beautiful thing about doing parasite protocols is that they also address other things. So it's not just the parasites, but many of them have other um, antimicrobial properties to be able to deal with a lot of the other things that can uh, manifest in the body just due to the level of toxicity that we have in today's world. And many of them help to cleanse of things like heavy metals and mold and different fungus. So I do just think overall, it's a really great practice to do. I don't think that someone needs to have screaming symptoms in order to be able to say, ah, I need to do a parasite cleanse. Do I think that that is the way that our body can alarm us so that it's more of an indicator to say, hey, when I know that someone's having um, you know, endless hunger that can't be satiated or fluctuation between bloating and constipation, or someone is having insomnia, um, or they're having like recurrent infections like Lyme disease or EBV or Candida or SIBO, or they have like an, an itchy butt. Like these are all things that I'm like, mm, big indicators of parasites, but that doesn't mean that someone has to wait for that to happen in order to be able to routinely come down on that load. So I would say at least once a year, uh, if not two to four times a year, I think once a season is just such a great 
approach, you know, every three months to be able to go and address them for at least seven days, ideally maybe during the full moon or something along those lines. Um, but you ask a really great question about the the approach that you should take and I am, you know, whether or not it's okay to do this on your own. Uh, is it harmful to do a parasite cleanse if you don't have a positive stool test or don't have some other type of indicator? And I think it's a very loaded question. Um, there's a lot of caveats to this that we could definitely talk about. By no means do I want to, especially for liability purposes, as an integrative health practitioner who does this you know, day in and day out with private clients, but also I teach about this clearly very greatly on Instagram to you know, over 100 16,000 followers at this point, right? I want to absolutely be careful with setting expectations and make sure that people have the right understanding. But we have a lot of community members that take the information that we share and they make educated decisions. So do I think it's, it's wise, it can be smart to link arms with a practitioner, someone that is, um, you know, competent in this area to have guidance Yeah, I absolutely do think that would be smart to do. But the same thing goes if you're detoxing from heavy metals, you're detoxing from, you know, glyphosate or different environmental toxins, um, you know, mold, any of those things, it would be smart. When you're making changes to your exercise regimen or a dietary regimen, I still think it's smart to work with someone who knows what they're doing in those areas. However, I don't ever want to relay the message or, or convey a message unclearly to make people be so scared of this type of detox or approach that they're afraid to do it on their own to the point where then they just don't do it at all because not everybody has the, you know, the financial ability to go and invest in, you know, an integrative health practitioner or functional practitioner and step-by-step walk through a very detailed process. So I do also want to empower people to look at accounts like mine or others that they may know and like and trust and take that information and make the executive decision as the greatest advocate for your own health to go and do that if you feel comfortable. So um, it could go wrong if someone is not following a pre-made protocol that has been proven, you know, clinically. So when I'm talking about products like the Cellcore line, um, I think if someone would just go and buy products willy-nilly like that, they don't have their drainage pathways open beforehand like I advocate for, yeah, you could set yourself into a bit of a spiral. Um, I think if you're wanting to self-navigate and err on the side of caution, starting with like one or two new products at a time and adding that in very slowly would at least help you to, again, err on the side of caution and make it something that you could minimize symptoms. So I hope that that makes sense, but it's such a loaded question that there, it's not really as black and white as I wish it was. No, that's so good. And I love how you approached it because I think, you know, the Western mindset would approach it in the way of like, thinking about it in, oh, I have to wait for it to be the worst possible situation. Whereas we're kind of coming from this perspective of like, actually, we can preventatively take care of our health so we don't have to wait. Like it's not actually healthy for us to wait for symptoms to come up. Um, Let's be taking care of our body in the meantime. So you did bring up a point though about drainage pathways and I would just like to hit on that. Just can you break that down a little bit and just explain what that means and why it's important? 100%. This is something that even a lot of functional medicine practitioners uh, either don't talk about at all or they just don't talk about enough. So drainage pathways are the pathways within your body that these toxins and these pathogens leave. So many people will hear drainage pathways and then they hear the word detox and they think they are synonymous when they are different. So 
when you think drainage pathways, I'm talking about your bowel motility. So your GI tract, your liver, your lymph, uh, your kidneys, your lungs, your skin, your mitochondria. These are all the ways that your body releases toxins. They are the pathways. Detoxing is the act of removing the toxins and pathogens from the body. Drainage pathways are the roads, kind of like a trash truck going down the road. Like the, the trash is the toxin and the road in which the trash truck is diving down is your pathway. And if that is blocked, it's going to get stinky, it's going to get messy, and it's going to be problematic. So would you say that really just supporting any of these pathways is going to be beneficial overall for really just keeping toxins moving out? It can be, absolutely. Um, but if, if someone's not familiar with us and you go to my Instagram profile or my website with Biohacking Bombshell, that will, um, in my link tree, in my bio or on my website, we have our free three-day drainage clinic, which we have kept free for a couple of years now, simply because so many people need to hear this and they just don't know. So I've just always kept it free since we've made it, even though that wasn't the plan, um, because there's three power pack trainings in there that walk you through what the difference between drainage and detox is, how you can address it. But I talk about this in there, Lyndon, and I'm sure you're familiar with this by now, but there, there is a drainage funnel, right? You know that that funnel matters. And so when you think if you have stuff going through a funnel, if that bottom of the funnel hole is blocked, you can keep pouring stuff into the top and it doesn't matter. It's not going anywhere. So um, you can see within that training, that funnel uh, infographic and representation, and it just helps you to really conceptualize that with the bowels, the colon being at the bottom of the funnel, if you don't have your bowels moving, then you can go ahead and support the liver and the lymph. You can do dry brushing. You can do all these things. If the bowels aren't moving, everything else above it is stagnant. So it's super important to also understand that, yes, drainage is important. Yes, I think it could be great for someone to um, go and do sauna and sweat, or they can go and um, do some type of castor oil pack for the liver. They're going and doing dry brushing. But if you don't have the drainage funnel in mind as you're doing this stuff, there's so many people that are like, oh, I dry brush and I I don't feel any different. I don't notice anything. Or they could really flare. They're doing, you know, dry brushing or lymphatic massage. And they're like, well, I'm supporting the lymph. Why is nothing moving? Why are things not getting better? Well, that's because you have these other pathways that the lymph empties into that it's not emptying for you. So the order of this matters for drainage as well. Super important. Right. Yeah. So good. And I remember doing that training and that was like a game changer for me because you don't learn about this and it's so important to know that there is an order of operations and you can't just kind of go into it, you know, shooting at everything and hoping that something lands. So no, I love that. Um, I was just curious as you were talking. So in terms of parasites, how would you say like, when it comes to, you know, having like maybe a more prominent parasitic overgrowth or whatever that may look like, like how does a weak body or a leaky gut or just a weak organ system play a part in that parasite thriving in that environment? Does that make sense? Like how does the way that we steward our bodies and the environments we have perpetuate or kind of like help heal? Yeah, absolutely. This is such a good question because you know, we talk about parasites potentially being the quote unquote root cause of many things. I advocate for this all the time. You know, I'll tell people, listen, if you have white spots on your fingernails with a zinc deficiency, or if you've been diagnosed with anemia and you have like iron issues, or if you have that itchy butt, like I'm talking about, or you're having insomnia or teeth grinding, there's so many different things that are like, ah, that's a parasite issue. But 
it's kind of like if we see candida overgrowth or bacterial overgrowth or a leaky gut or whatever it may be, we have to keep asking why until we actually get to the root. So when you look at parasites and why they're so easily able to thrive, you are spot on with that, that if our body is weak, if we have a high toxic load, if we're being exposed to mold and heavy metals and environmental toxins, these pesticides, the herbicides, if we have nervous system dysregulation and trauma that we did not sort through, if we are drinking water and breathing air and having lifestyle habits where we are not focused on um, you know, moving our body and getting good sleep and getting outside in the sun, all of these things are creating if they're not tended to, they're creating this ideal environment for parasites to so easily take up host in the body and be problematic. So yes, the parasites can be at the root of things, but we can't stop there. We have to sit here and say, okay, but why are these suckers so easily able to be problematic? Because you're never going to 100% wipe parasites out of the system, right? And that's not the goal. The goal is to reduce the load. And if we don't address all these other variables, like the ones you just indicated, it's going to be very challenging, no matter how many parasite cleanses you do, to keep that parasitic load down. So any of the toxins that we have in our lifestyle and environment, in our mind, absolutely contribute here. Totally. I love that you said that about really just kind of like decreasing the load because I've seen people go in and they just try and think, oh, I'm going to go after every single parasite that I have and I'm just going to kill it all off. And then they go into this spiral and really they're just trying to work on this process of elimination. Whereas, you know, when we raise the body's resilience and we, we, you know, empower our health and help our bodies heal, then our bodies just do what they were created to do and they start decreasing the load really. So would you say, I know you said trauma, but would, is there like a mindset emotional piece that plays a part in this parasitic overgrowth? I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I think this could be in a completely other rabbit hole that we could have, you know, a several hour conversation on when it comes to how emotions are influencing our organ systems um, and overall just how our body responds to any type of threat. And a parasite can be a threat, of course. So, um, you know, when it comes to your energetic, when it comes to your frequency, when it comes to your vibe, if you will, that's going to affect how well your body can respond to toxins and pathogens. If someone has never heard of like frequency medicine or like, you know, even like the PEMF mats or a Rife machine or things like that, how our body responds will then go and these pathogens and whatnot respond to these specific frequencies and do change the ability for us to be able to heal. And in fact, there are studies out there showing that certain frequencies that we are exposed to, like with EMF, um, you know, the electromagnetic fields and whatnot that we're exposed to can cause mycotoxins or mold toxins to duplicate more quickly or parasites or Lyme to be more active. And so it would be silly of us to not acknowledge the fact that we are energy, we have our own frequencies and how you think absolutely directly affects your own vibration. So I love that you asked that question because I feel like, especially because I know the audience that you draw to your podcast and Clearly, we are both sisters in Christ, and, and I think that this world of frequencies and the world of talking about like energetic medicine can get very woo very quickly. 
And it's made a lot of Christians very uncomfortable. I have a lot of believers and people of other faiths, you know, message me and say, you know, what do you think about this? Or how do you feel about that? Especially with people that are in the science world, you have Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about science, a lot about meditation, et cetera. But then there's sometimes the law of attraction and how maybe that is discussed. It can really be a gray area when you're talking to a believer, right? And so um, I just encourage you guys to not throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's so easy to do that because you're so afraid that it's going to be um, not biblical that we just, we don't even touch it. And I do think it's a conversation that we just have to be comfortable having and actually be willing to talk about it because so many people are just not even being willing to talk about the energy side of things when the Lord created this and he is a God of order. So it still needs to be appropriately had in a conversation. So I'm so glad that you asked that because it definitely affects our ability to heal. Well, thank you for bringing that up because I'm in the same boat. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things for me is that, yes, like the faith community will leave these topics on the table, not even touch them. And because they're afraid, you know, of doing something wrong or whatever, not being biblical. And yet, if anything, the more that I've like learned about the body and these frequencies that God has given our bodies, the more in awe I am of God, because, you know, the frequencies that hold the highest in that realm, the highest frequency have to do with faith, love, joy, peace. Everything that lines up biblically has the highest frequency. And then demonic things, witchcraft, you know, sorcery, whatever, they hold low frequencies, parasites, toxins, they hold very low frequencies. And I find that freaking hilarious. Like, you know, so I just, I think if anything, it's like you said, something to look into and, and be continuously open to, Lord, how did you design us and and where do you want us to have a voice in this? Yes. So beautifully said. I'm so glad we got to touch on that because it's completely ignored in a lot of the space of health. So I hope that gave a little bit of um, peace of mind to your audience as well as they start to just be willing to learn a bit more about it versus feeling like you have to shun that. So you so beautifully said that. Yes. Well, so glad you brought that up. Honestly, since we're on this topic, I think we should hit on the full moon because this is also a topic that people hear and they're like, you're a witch. And I'm like, no, wait, hold on. There's some real facts behind this. So will you just dive into why the full moon affects our bodies and how it affects this whole topic of parasites. Yeah, because I used to be that same exact way, right? Like I was like, this is so woo. I didn't even understand. I was like, people just want an excuse to act crazy. They just want a justification for their behavior that doesn't exist. Um, And I still think like people can kind of look at that and like they kind of cross it over with like astrology. And like, again, this is a whole other rabbit hole that we could go down that I think people lump a lot of things together that shouldn't be lumped together. And I think the full moon can go in there um, as well. So when it comes to the full moon and how our bodies respond, um, it really is about also how like water responds to the cycles of the moon. And we are, you know, about 60% ish water. So our bodies are going to respond very similarly, the same way that the tides are affected by that. And anyone that's not willing to acknowledge that, I'm just like, I, it's more about, I think them just, they just have to kind of work on that and, and be willing to talk about it. Because I think that, um, you know, when you actually look at the science and the studies there and showing that serotonin increases, melatonin decreases. Um, It's allowing, because parasites are very, very much affected by the serotonin neurotransmitter, uh, that absolutely increases their activity. So when people are 
you know, a couple of days before the full moon on the full moon, we have one coming up on Friday, the 24th. If someone's listening to this in, in November, that's when the next one is. And then like for a couple of days afterwards, you definitely can have an increase in, in symptoms. So whether it is some of the ones we already talked about with like fatigue or bloating or brain fog, a lot of people, they're just feeling more like hyperactive or irritable or just shifts in mood that they wouldn't really normally have, or at least have that poorly. Um, kids can definitely behave differently. If you know there's stuff that's going on within school and maybe they're acting differently or at home, you notice they're different. Kids are so much more prone to parasites because they're closer to the ground. They're picking things up. They're putting it in their mouth. So um, you know, if they are squirming in their seats a little bit more, they can't sit still. They have like, you notice them itching their butt, grinding their teeth more. This happens. And so if you ever want, I mean, the studies are out there showing the differences that happen. And they even show that there's way more crimes committed in hospital visits that happened around this time. And I just, on top of the fact that the science is there, I just think there can only be so many quote unquote coincidences before I'm like, all right, guys, come on, let's legit have a conversation. You really think that this is just a coincidence (laughs) at this point? People aren't waiting to do their crimes and have more health issues until they're like, oh, it's the full moon. Let me make sure this myth keeps moving along. No one's doing that. Right. (laughs) I love it. No, it's so good. And honestly, I did. I really I was so hesitant when I first heard that. And then I started really taking inventory when the full moon would come around and I would notice my health symptoms increase 100 percent. And when I started parasite cleansing, the gnarliest little critters would come on out during the full moon. Whereas like maybe I wasn't, you know, seeing it as frequently other times in the month. So when you started parasite cleansing, like what did that look like for you? Like, were you, were you the person that was like, I'm scared to see this? Or were you like, let's freaking go. I, I can't wait to see this dead outside my body. It was like, it was both. I have two parts of me where I was like, first of all, I didn't know if they were going to be dead. And I know that uh, I want to clarify that for people here is that you can pass live parasites. This is how you pass pinworms from one family member to another. So that can happen. But typically when you're doing a parasite cleanse, most of the things that you're passing are dead because you killed them off and they're being evacuated. But this is the reason why when you have pinworms going around in the family, you know, they're coming out, they're in the bed sheets, they're in people's clothes. And this is why I know one, no one wants to think about it, but pinworms are just so insanely common, especially with kiddos, that I just want to make sure that any parents that are listening as well, you know, this is why they tell you to like wash the sheets daily and do this and do that. And it's because if they were dead, they really wouldn't be as worried about that. It's clearly they're, you know, leaving the body, they're laying their eggs and they, they can be passed and they are alive when they do that. But when you're parasite cleansing, and I think the thing that gave me the most peace, uh, because I was on one hand, I was like, I can't wait to see the fruits of my labor and to just, I was in such a sick spot that I didn't, um, I, I didn't have so much fear about all of this that it kept me from doing it. I was like, so on one hand, I was like, I cannot wait to just see things that are being passed, even though I know only about 30% of them are visible. I hope I see something because I just want to know that I'm not crazy. And then the other part of me was freaked out for probably the first, I'll be honest with you, because I dress parasites for several months. I do the same thing with my clients in the practice. Um, but I was probably freaked out for the first like four to six weeks where I was just like, I didn't know what I knew. And I was doing this way more blindly. I didn't have anybody guiding me. And so it was just all what I was learning at that time. No one was really there to give me that much comfort. Um, So I just, I was a little freaked out. um, And I wasn't sifting through my stool at first. I was like, I'm just going to trust they're there. If I see it floating on the top of the toilet, I will do it. But like, I was, I was freaked out. 
And then I'm like, you know what? I learned more and I realized I'm like, there's nothing to be freaked (laughs) out about. I'm getting these critters out. I was more freaked out about leaving them inside of me. Like the fact that I was, I couldn't be in this analysis paralysis and then just not do anything. I was more freaked out about being like, ooh, this is in me. Like I need to get this out of my system. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, I feel like there's something like so empowering when it, when you do see it, even though it's gross and I know that, but it's kind of like, okay, wow, something just went well. I had something had to have gone well yes. inside of me right now yes. after that came out. Especially when, and I don't know what your experience was with this, but my symptoms were going on for years before this. And when you are, I mean, like a lot of my clients, and you're dealing with chronic health challenges and you're going through a detox or a healing regimen like this, maybe your symptoms aren't like my brain fog and my chronic fatigue took years to get to a point where I was, you know, okay with where they were and way more optimized. And so in the midst of hoping that, praying that your symptoms improve and your skin conditions clear up and your gut issues start to go away and that your mood feels more balanced, when you're in the thick of that, there's just something so rewarding about in the meantime, when all that stuff is still going on and your health is not where you want it to be yet, actually being able to see a parasite passed. You're like, I'm winning. Yeah. Like, there's a trophy. I just pooped out yeah. a prize is what one of my clients <laughs> said. And I'm like, I just love that. So there's just, once you get over the initial, like, I just can't believe this actually exists within me. It just starts to be really exciting for a lot of yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. I just pooped out a prize. Wow. That put words to what I felt for so long. Oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. So, okay. What would you say are some ways that people can just be rebuilding their bodies with even just food? Because we know there's so many foods that are anti-parasitic. So maybe they aren't working with a practitioner, but they want to start somewhere. What are some foods, herbals that they can just be kind of consuming to kind of take that overall load down a little bit? For sure. For sure. And I think for anyone that is maybe a bit nervous no matter what, whether it's because you're afraid you're going to have detox symptoms with addressing parasites, or you're just like, I just need to baby step into this, or you're trying to do a very like low cost approach to it. And you're just trying to go very slow. And maybe the nutritional focus is where it's at for you. Or you want to use this to complement your parasite cleanse as well with supplements. Like any of those approaches are fine. In my parasite part two highlight bubble on our biohacking bombshell Instagram channel, I have broken down an entire list if you guys want to go through that. If you're a visual person, I know we deal with a lot of clients with brain fog, so I love when everything's written out versus you guys listening to this podcast or you know watching this somewhere and trying to scribble it down. Um, but some of my favorite ones that are on the list there that I think a lot of people could easily incorporate are when you're looking at like oregano oil or thyme or um, clove or garlic or onion. Now, depending on what's going on with someone, especially with gut issues, garlic and onion could be a trigger for someone, right? So it's not across the board, hey, this is good for everyone, but those are some of the easiest ones. A lot of people will love doing like garlic, onion. Um, Some people will do like apple cider vinegar. Some people will literally just fast. 24 hours, 48 hours, they'll do either a water fast or a bone broth fast. And it's insane sometimes what is happening when someone does a fast and what gets passed. And you legit took nothing. It's just because you were taking away some primary food sources, autophagy increased, your immune system was really able to focus on clearing stuff out versus digesting food. 
So we have some people that legit will take nothing. And now that's not what we do in practice because we're just, we're really trying to take the most comprehensive approach, but people can absolutely do that. And then of course, when you're sticking to whole food sources and you're trying to minimize the sugar that you're consuming, because that feeds, you know, parasites and cancer and, and mold and everything else, um, that's a really good way to be able to take away the food source there. And I was even thinking about when you had mentioned previously in the podcast about kind of when we were talking about trauma and emotions, like if you're not doing the foundational things to support your body, don't go start a parasite cleanse. You know what I mean? Like if you can't just do the basic things that are supporting your body, rebuilding your body, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on a protocol or all these fancy health things that you get. Those foundations aren't in place. So the house is going to fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. I love that. So, and I know it's the least sexy thing. Like people are like, Hey, I stay up till 2am and then I get up at seven or I get up at eight or nine or whatever. And they have this, um, off circadian rhythm or they're not focusing on the nutrition. Um, or, you know, they know that their water needs to be cleaner, the air needs to be cleaner. And so one really important thing that I want to say about this, Lyndon, that I think is like a happy medium that I have this conversation with clients as well is I think that the foundations absolutely need to be top of mind like a huge focus where we don't just want to go and do everything that seems sexier. Like, let me go ahead and do this heavy metal, you know, juicing cleanse or smoothie, or let me go do a parasite cleanse. And we ignore the foundations. However, I think it's super important because I'll have like mamas who have kiddos that just don't sleep through the night. And they're going through years of a really hard season where they know their sleep, like there's just nothing they can do about it. Or I have, um, you know, people that are working, three jobs, you know, really struggling and do their best with eating good quality whole food nutrition, but it's not always on point for them or anything in between. And so sometimes I always just always want to make it clear that not everything needs to be perfect in order for you to take some of these actions, right? So sometimes it's just meet yourself where you're at, be honest with yourself about what doing your best looks like. Don't be like, oh yeah, I really try and get to sleep on time. And you know, you're sitting there scrolling Instagram and TikTok until 2am or, or 12, you know, and, and then you wonder why you're tired and you're exhausted the next day, or, you know, you sit inside versus go and sit outside in, in the sun or, you know, taking a 15 minute walk on your lunch break or whatever. Like there's so many different ways that we can support the foundations, but I do have some clients come into practice and they're like, okay, but I haven't perfected all of those. So that means that I can't go and address things through detox. And that's not true either. So I think it needs to be a balance. I love that you said that because that is true. And I think in the health world, it can get that very perfectionistic mindset of I have to do all these things perfectly or fully or whatever. And then I can experience health or then I can whatever. Um, And yeah, just like you said, like that's just not always realistic and life just doesn't look like that. And we just go through season. So doing your best in the season is such good advice. I love that. Um, Well, just in closing, so I always ask this on the podcast and I just love hearing anybody's response to it, but how did you previously define health before you kind of got into all this alternative medicine and even maybe before your health went south? And then how do you define it now? Yeah, that's such a good question. So how I used to define health was more aesthetic for me. So even from the time that I was young, because I went through an eating disorder when I was in my teenage years, and then I almost had 
what I view as a version of disordered eating when you get into like the bodybuilding competition world. Cause I did that as well. And I was a, you know, personal trainer. So it was very much aesthetically focused. And I worked with a lot of people. My clients were um, focused on primarily like losing weight, feeling more comfortable in their skin, absolutely trying to improve upon other symptoms, but it was very aesthetically focused. And that was me for years. And I think that's what our culture really tries to support as well is like, okay, as long as you are thinner or you are, um, you know, eating less, working out more, that was my approach. I'm like, as long as I look fit, I am healthy. And then I start to realize that I'm not. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, but I also think it can swing the other way. And I think it's just really important to plug this in is that I think we've also shifted to another extreme in people supporting body positivity so much to the point where we're also condoning and endorsing, oh, just embrace the fact that you're, you're overweight. And so I absolutely believe that God loves us in every way, shape and form. Um, I also believe that he really wants us to take care of our temple. And there are absolutely people who will be eating well and moving their body. I have people come to me all the time where that's the case. And they're like, Alyssa, but I can't lose this weight or I can't, you know, reduce this inflammation or I still can't get rid of the brain fog, but everything else is good. And I just think it's so important to really, again, just encourage people to say, like, if something is off for you, I think we just really need to get out of the mindset of if you look good, then that person must feel good or they must be healthy or, hey, as long as I can accept my body the way that it is, that means that I'm healthy. And that's not true either. So I used to describe it more aesthetically. And now I'm like, uh, you know, can you do your activities of daily living and can you work and can you be present in your relationships and you know, are, are you happy? Do you have an optimal life? Um, and then of course I love looking at lab work because a lot of people could feel great. They're like asymptomatic with everything. And you look up their, their lab work and you're like, Oh, like you may not see it now, but you're headed for this in a couple of years if we don't fix this. Right. So I think it's a combination of auditing all those areas, emotional, physical, you know, spiritual, um, and being able to also look at biomarkers along with that to be able to look for any root cause clues. Oh, yes. Preach. I love everything you just hit on. That was so good because it just, you know, being in the health world, you can get you can get hit with every angle of things. And it's like, whoa, why are we always swinging to extremes? Like, why can't we find this sweet balance of just humanity, you know? So that's so good. Thank you so much for being on. That was so wonderful. I'm so grateful for you. How can people just link up with you, find your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So biohacking bombshell is our handle on Instagram. That's primarily where we put, you know, tons of free content that people can dive into to begin to learn more about parasites and drainage and all the things. We have a website, biohackingbombshell.com as well. Um, if you reach out to us on Instagram or even on Facebook, we have a Facebook page at Biohacking Bombshell. Our team will be able to get back to you, link up with you and point you to whatever resources you may need at that time. So don't be shy, reach out. We love getting connected with you and we're always here to help and support. She really is, you guys. She is so wonderful. So thank you so much. We are just so grateful, me and this whole community.